baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Well, Fred just gave me a line I was going to steal, but I'll attribute. We have uh, someone in the, the Camo X newsroom, Sean Michael Lyle. He's one of the anchors, and he had a pretty good line about what's happening. They're at the 10th ballot right now for speaker. Fred, why don't you deliver this? Because you, well, you shared it with us. Pretty good line. It does seem to me like we're in a real live version of Groundhog Day. Yes. And then Sean said, I just want to know when it goes to penalty kicks. <laughs> well, first they're going to play three on three for five minutes, and it's going to be Bobert and Jim Jordan and uh, the guy from Pennsylvania. I don't know. It's just nuts. But every, you know how many people I've asked on the air and off the air, what the hell are they doing? What What is... I keep thinking there's going to be some big reveal on why McCarthy is calling the votes without going into conference and saying, let's work this out, because I, I don't get it. Maybe it will be revealed eventually. Uh, we have Sue's News coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Also, um, Linda Garofano. Linda has become a great contributor to the show. She's a tour guide in Rome. And Fred, can you believe it's almost been three years? Wow, that that's amazing. You know, and I've, I've been talking about my Spain trip. That was the connection. Mike Kenny, who put this trip together, defineddestinations.com, come with us in April. But we reached out to Mike in maybe January or February of 2020 and said, hey, do you know someone in Italy? And then we, we had to use the WhatsApp for a while. Remember, right. we were communicating back right. and forth. And we had there was one young kid that we hooked up with in Italy. And then Linda became our correspondent. So anyway, she's coming up here. We have Jazz Shaw in the next hour. And I'm getting into this Virginia merit case where there's allegations now of racism and the uh, AGs involved, Glenn Youngkin, the governor, all kinds of interesting stuff there. Um, there's a poker tournament this weekend I want to feature, though. Greg Roop is with us. There's the All In For Life poker tournament. I played in this many years ago. as what they call a bounty, and I think they want me to be a bounty again. So, Sue, so that means if someone, I think it means if someone takes me out, they they benefit from taking me out in the tournament. Oh, interesting. Well, let's find out. Greg, how are you? Happy New Year. I'm doing well. Happy New Year to you guys. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. When when was that that I played in this tournament? Because everything has been so confusing with COVID, but it's probably been five years, right? Yeah, it's been a, been a while because we had to shut down for two years just because of all the, the COVID restrictions that were going on. And I want to say it was one of the first years that I took it over maybe back in 2017 or something like that. So it's been, it's been a while since we've had you. Yeah, well, it was Kyle McClellan who got me involved in this because uh, Bracer Impact is his charity, and I think you're, you're doing some stuff. So explain what the tournament is all about, and you're raising money for a couple of different groups, right? Sure, yeah. So we, uh, we have three beneficiaries with this event, uh, SCAD Outreach, which is our ambulance district organization. Uh, we use the funding for teaching Lifesaver CPR, which is just hands-only CPR. We'll go to high schools, community groups, public events, and uh, teach to anybody that's willing. We also do kind of like teaching tourniquets with bleeding control um, and trauma care management. Um, but it also benefits, like you said, Brace for Impact, which is Kyle McClellan's organization. Uh, they've done a lot of great work down in Haiti by constructing a school, building a medical facility, and providing ton- tons of clean water to, uh, to the residents down there. And they also rehab homes in North St. Louis, which is great. 
Um, and the Focus Marines Foundation, uh, which assists with post-9-11 uh, vets returning from home that might be suffering from PTSD, substance abuse issues, and just returning to civ civilian life in general. So uh, lots of great organizations that benefit from this and uh you know, it's always great when we have a good turnout. Well, I'm a big poker fan. You know that. You got a lot of people in the audience that might want to play in this. What's the buy-in? How does it work? When do they show up? Where is it being held? Sure. So this is going to be uh, at the Machinist Hall in Bridgeton, which is just kind of over by DePaul off of the Rock Road. Uh, the doors will be at 1. Uh, then we have Sugar Fire provided for everybody, and that's included in the ticket price. Tons of pretzels, kettle corn, pizza. You know, we're going to feed you the whole time. Uh, domestic beers, seltzer, and all that good stuff. Um, announcement and play will start at about 3 o'clock, 3.30. And then from there, it's just a Texas Hold'em-style tournament. Um, it's about $75 for uh, a donation ticket to gain entry. Uh, at the door, it'll be 85 I believe. And then we also have a casino room, which is kind of like an adult Chuck E. Cheese, where we'll have you know, apparel from like Under Armour and little Bluetooth gadgets and all kinds of cool stuff to win. Um, and then throughout the night, you know, like you said before, you were a hidden bounty. Uh, we'll have people like Kyle McClellan and a handful of others that is willing to donate their time to come and help us with our efforts. And whenever somebody knocks them out, you know, they get a challenge coin typically from the focus guys, which is a really cool moment. Um, you know, like a signed piece of memorabilia and a, and a photo op. And then the uh, people that managed to make it to the final table, one through nine, typically end up making out with lots of great prizes and some decent gift cards. So it's all in all, just a blast. One thing that, that I remember you saying, and we, we spoke a little bit on the phone yesterday, is they. I think we started this thing when I played at like 5 o'clock or something like that, and you, I was knocked out relatively early, so somebody got that bounty. But I remember you telling me that sometimes this thing goes to like 3 in the morning. I mean, you, people, uh, Texas oh, Hold'em, yeah. you have to be very patient. <laughs> yeah. So you moved it up a little bit, so maybe just till midnight this time, right, if you win or you're oh, at the Lord, final table. Yeah, I think the, the last year that I did it, we ended up getting her out around four four in the morning or so, and it was just, it was a blast, but it was awful leaving the venue that late. All right, so this is on Saturday. Doors open at 1 p.m. The tournament starts at 3 p.m. Give the website if someone wants to enter and, and try to win something on Saturday. Sure, sure. The uh, The website is all in the number four life.org, and that'll take you directly to the uh, registration and kind of give you an overview of, like, previous pictures and all the other, other information that somebody might want to know. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. I'm I'm a little um, on the fence. I got to let you know if I'm going to play. I'm going to try though, and I will. Uh, I'll text you tomorrow and let you know final final. Okay. Awesome. I'll give you some free buy-ins if you uh, if you end up coming again. <laughs> yeah, it won't last long. I mean, it's basically a quick trip out, and someone knocks me out, and I'm back. But that's okay. I do love the game. I haven't played in a tournament in a while, so you never know. Yeah, and you get sugar fire. Well, that was yeah. you know, Fred. You know who else that 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 tournament? Whenever it was, 2017, uh, Greg. That's when I met T.J. Moe, and we became friends. And oh. T.J.'s been on the show. Uh, he was on this week as well, so he was out there that day. I think Cam was there oh, yeah, as well. Yeah. So you'll have some athletes, I think, that that show up at this thing. Uh, take care. Oh, Give yeah. the website one more time. Yep, the uh, website again is all in the number four life.org. Have fun this weekend. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News. Brought to you by Sue. You know you're going to gamble anyway, Mark. You might as well work for it and play poker and eat some well, good food. Right. What you're saying is I'm going to send bets to Vegas for the football for games on Saturday. I'm going to lose. Yes. Yes. Well, that's a good point. You might as well, yeah. you know, go somewhere and be with other people the while you The thing about, do it. you know, I love the game, but in order to really do well at the game, you have to be patient, and it could take a while. You know, if you if yeah. you want to sit in there and Patience, not get knocked you out. Say. Did yeah, you hear that, Fred? That. Yeah. 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 Strike one. <laughs> uh, you, on this day in history, I was looking up on this day in history, 
And I, I ran across, I had no idea. Did you know that Ready Whip was invented in St. Louis? No. What? No I idea. I am telling you, and I am in love with this stuff. I mean, currently the market is bad, so I'm eating the schnooks version. But I'm telling you that Ready Whip is awesome. And I had no idea. Now, okay, it was invented by St. Louis and Aaron Bunny Lappin. Now, his nickname was Bunny because Lappin means rabbit in French. Is that right, Abby? You're I, our French person. I actually don't know. Okay. I can't well, confirm or deny. Just say we. Yeah. Oui. Just say we. Oui. We. Oui. Thank you. Thank you. That's better than yes. Well, he was born on this day in 1914, and that's how he came across. It. He invented Ready Whip in 1948, and it was this post-war revelation, right? It was real cream in an aerating can, and they originally had it delivered by Milkman. So if you were in St. Louis, the Milkman would come and bring your Ready Whip to the door because it's real cream. Now, which was, was Cool Whip first? And is Cool Whip fake? Cool Whip is fake. Fake, right. Or, okay, I'm just yeah, making sure. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I, was, I'm not, I went into Baker Mills there. I think Sue was wow. insulted oh, by that. Oh, my goodness. Ready Whip, I, whew, no, that is not real. Okay. But then, okay, so Milkman would bring it to your house, and it went national. And by 1951, it was making $7 million. That is outrageous. In 1951, that's outrageous. In In other news, Abby, we used to have these men called Milkmen, which is, (laughs) I mean, that's so... Isn't that incredible? So hateful of women. We didn't have milk women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where where you can see them. But never in real life, so... Uh, Well, he passed away in 1999, but that was a St. Louis thing. Hmm. Incredible! I no, that's a that's a good nugget. That could have been a random fact too. Yeah, I mean, it you could. could have... And then I went down the rabbit hole and it got too long, so I thought, okay, well, it was his birthday today, Mark. That's Happy the point. Birthday. You know who loves the ready whip is Alexa Reardon. Oh, oh my, she is a woman of good taste. <laughs> and 58 years ago, on this day in history, okay, I didn't know this either. In 1965. CBS acquired Fender guitars for 13 million dollars. Did you know this? No. I had no idea. I had no idea. But they must have sold it at some point. Of course then. they did. You're right. Yeah. They got it for $13 million, and then in 1985, Fender employees purchased the company from CBS for an undisclosed amount. And then they went public, I'm guessing? or maybe Well, not. Every, I don't know. Yeah. Every year, Fender sells about $700 million worth of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, accessories. So I had no idea that CBS ever owned that. Yeah, that's interesting. That was very interesting. Okay, CES has kicked off the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. I always love this. This makes me a little sad, and I'm going to tell you why in a second. But oh, go why? Ahead. No, well, tell me. We, Fred, Fred knows. There was a guy by the name of Jim Barry, and he worked for the Consumer yeah. Electronics Association, which was basically a trade group which represented electronics. Jim would be this guy, and I barely do this anymore, and now you have Zoom and phone calls, but he would travel around the country to promote new electronics and to promote the CES. So I met him when I was in Columbia, Missouri in the early 1990s, and then he came to Milwaukee when I was in Milwaukee. And then he came here. So we actually, I saw him like annually for years. For, Wait a minute. Well, literally decades. Did he come and say, here's what's going to be yes, there? Yes, right. Yeah. Is that so, okay? And he would bring, bring samples. He would bring oh, kind of neat. fun. So he would come maybe November, December, and he'd say, these are the hot items for maybe the holidays or something like that. And then he would also report in on the phone from CES and kind of give us an update. That's really cool. And Jim passed away, what, maybe four oh, or five years yeah. ago. And he was, we always talked baseball because he was a big Red Sox fan. He was just a good man. Oh, I love and, that. And, you know, you, you, have, you develop a relationship with someone like that. You see him every year. Mm-hmm. I don't see my family members every year. 
No kidding. Did so he passed away and they just got rid of that job? Is that what well, happened, or is I, it yeah. was he doing it nicely? Like, I think beyond? they still have someone. Yeah, but oh. it wasn't Jim Barry. But anyway, that's a huge show, and they used to do two. So they used to do one in Chicago, and they used to do one in Vegas. Oh, but now it's just one. Now it's just Vegas. Okay. Well, it kicked off today, um, and I always love to go through the stuff that they find. Well, since it just kicked off today, I only have a few items, but I thought Mark would like this. They now have. A 97-inch OLED TV that is completely wireless with no cords at all. Wow. And you can hang it on the wall. And reviewers are saying this is blowing all other TVs out of the water. I thought, ooh, this is going to be a market. Does it written. have a price point on there? Uh, they did not say. Okay. You can look the, it the up. The Sony 100-inch that, that I've talked about at the sound room was $20,000. Oh! But I don't. It might be. It might be a little lower than that right now. So this one, I'd be very curious to see. What yeah, it is. and it's a. How big is yours? This is ninety-seven I have an inch television. Yeah, I, I saw. I was watching the uh, Price Is Right nighttime version last night. Was George and on? George, George was, was on. He? Yeah. And he was. They were giving away an, or had up for a bid an eighty-five inch TV, just like yours. And I, I didn't hear what the win because it was part of the package. Interesting. Right. But this, yeah. I, this I think was an LG, by the way, if that helps you. Uh, they also have a laptop. Okay. That shows you 3D without the glasses. Oh, yeah. And I'm not sure how they're doing that, but that's a new thing. Well, um, oh, do you know? It's like well, imaging? I don't know exactly for this product, but the 3DS from Nintendo came out, I don't know, like early 2010s, and it had like a dual kind of screen overlay on the top screen. So they would be like slightly off. And then if you looked at it from the right angle, oh. it looked 3D. I'm thinking they've got the updated version of whatever Probably. she's talking about. Yeah. And I think they've figured it out so it's not so janky. So that so. is coming out, and that's very interesting. And if you had janky in today's um, <laughs> bonus round, you just cashed a ticket, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Samsung, of course, is out with all kinds of things, but one thing is called the Flex Hybrid, and it can fold like a Galaxy Fold while the right side can slide out to extend itself. And Sony has a car coming out in 2026. It's going to be very interesting. I'll have more on that tomorrow. I just love technology. We should see if we can track someone down. Um, Ian can probably hook us up from CNET, Fred. Maybe we can talk CES on Monday or something like that. Because it is, every once in a while, uh, for years, like when Jim was coming in, it was always TVs, TVs, TVs. And now it's different things. Yeah, I mean, the TVs are still out there, but everybody has big TVs. It's it's interesting to me because in order to get people inspired to buy the new TVs, you got to offer something. That's you really different do. And new because you really most do. of these pictures are so good anyway. I don't even see the difference between TVs. All I really want to know is whether I should upgrade my Galaxy S twenty to a twenty three, which comes out in February. Very small things that I would like or to know. Or join the rest of the world and get an iPhone. Nope, cheap. <laughs> okay. That, uh, let's see. I've got one more. Okay. Georgia resident. This is a, a golf-related story. There's a guy who lives in uh, Georgia named Scott Stallings, which, of course, is the same name as a, as a PGA player. And he arrives home and finds a letter waiting for him. It's an invitation to participate in the Masters in April. <laughs> They've sent it to the wrong Scott Stallings. <laughs> How does that happen? I have Are these zero the same people idea. Running Kevin McCarthy's speaker candidacy <laughs> right? or what? So what happened to the real Scott Stallings? Well, I, that's a good question. This Scott Stallings uh, is a realtor, and uh, he said, "I'm pretty sure this isn't for me." Uh, so meanwhile, the pro golfer who actually lives in Hawaii says he's been actually okay. You're right, Fred. He's been looking in the mail for the last week, going, "Where's my?" 
Where? Hello? Where's my invitation? So they're now trying to figure it all out. By the way, that the Masters is going to be fascinating this year because you have all these LIV Tour players that will be allowed to play in the is Masters. That, is it because they're grandfathered? Why are they letting them in, or they just want ratings? No, I think it's because they have, I think the players that will be allowed in are grandfathered because they're either former Masters winners. They'd have winners. to be, wouldn't they? Right, yeah. Right. Well, you know, I, Dan I, Reardon's the person to actually get on that specifically, so I don't want to misspeak, but I do think it's the Champions Dinner will be very interesting, I think, this year. Uh, do you want me to do one more? We can do one up. more, sure. All right. It's time again for Super Bowl talk, and Brian Cranston is going to return as Walter White in a Super Bowl commercial <laughs> for Frito-Lay's Popcorners, because I don't even know what that is. Do you know what a no, popcorner is? See, they've already fished us in. Cranston shared a picture of himself as Walter holding a bag of chips with the caption, Breaking Soon. The game, of course, by the way, in case we haven't paid attention to this, and I hadn't, the game this year will be at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, and it will be February 12th. Rihanna, by the way, is the uh, halftime show. Just so you know. And- well, and let me just kind of go over what happened earlier today. The NFL is basically saying that the Bills-Cincinnati game is not going to take place, but they are exploring options, and some of the options are weird. Like, let's add a team in each division and not have a team that gets a bye. Like, the Chiefs are the number one seed because there was no finality to the game on Monday. Um, they're talking about maybe a neutral site for the AFC Championship game. Some of this stuff is goofy, but the good news is DeMar Hamlin today the doctors came out and said he's doing great. Yep. There is a lot of hope that he did not lose a lot of neurological uh, capabilities. Well, didn't so he wake really up good and news. say who won? So he that's did. He a said, good sign. He was communicating through notes, I guess, but one of the first questions, obviously, <laughs> is who won? And the doctor said, you did. You won the game of life. Aww. And finally in Sue's news, we have today's random fact. Another interesting thing to me. Coffee tables are the result of prohibition. Before 1920... The tables in living rooms were called cocktail tables. But once alcohol became illegal, people started serving coffee to their guests instead, and the name coffee table stuck. And there you have it. That's interesting. Isn't so it? I feel like we've learned a lot today <laughs> during this, this episode of This is a triple-demic of good information. <laughs> yes. Right? Very good educational. Thank you, Sue. 420. If your day sounds like. We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we head to Rome, next on 97.1 FM Talk. Fred, where are we? Are we on the, the 10th round now? Is the 10th time we've yeah, charge? Yeah, going into the 10th vote. <laughs> and still, nothing. No speaker as we head into the weekend. I think they better make sure they have their um, 
their apartments all clean and their condos for the weekend because they're going to be there for a little while. One of the more interesting stories, and this came up a couple of weeks ago. I saved it during the uh, holiday to talk about it, and then this week's been so busy I haven't gotten into it, and we'll do it in the next hour. You now have the Virginia Attorney General launching an investigation into allegations of racial discrimination at Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology. And this was announced yesterday because parents are complaining that the school, it's pretty disgusting, withheld notifications this fall from students whom the National Merit Scholarship Corporation named commended students. So that would be something that is given to high scores on standardized tests. And the parents didn't get that. And then all of a sudden, these letters start coming in and they could have been used on college applications, but they, they were not because they were held back. Now, why were they held back and, and what's going on there? That's why there's a probe. That's why the AG is involved. We're going to talk in the next hour in the five o'clock hour with Asra Namani, who has written about this. She's a senior fellow at the Independent Women's Network, um, wrote a piece called The War on Merit Takes a Bizarre Turn. And in fact, it did. Might as well play a little music here for my next guest. We hooked up with her several years ago when COVID started. Linda Garofano, who's a tour guide in Rome. There's a lot of stuff going on in Rome, especially today. Linda, so good to have you back. How are you? Happy New Year. I'm very well, thank you. Happy New Year to you. I hope you survived the holidays in Rome. Happy New Year to you. I survived a very summery holiday because we have the warmest weather ever. Yeah, we had weird weather here. One day it was literally minus 7 with wind chills minus uh, 30, and that's Fahrenheit, so you'll have to do the the translation there. And and then a week later it was like, and we just said, we broke a record two days ago. It was 73 degrees Fahrenheit or something like that. It was nuts. So we get weird weather here in St. Louis. We've had everything from obviously well below zero to well above zero for the Christmas holidays. But that's kind of how St. Louis is to a certain extent. Well, same here. We had basically an internal spring. Now probably we're going to have a little bit of colder weather. Who knows? Well, let's let's talk about a few things here. And one thing that's interesting is yeah. you had the, the funeral was today for Pope Benedict, wasn't it? Yes, it was this morning. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. typically, Linda, that would get a tremendous amount of uh, media coverage here in the U.S. But I don't know if you've you've paid attention. <laughs> Probably we, we have a bit of a uh you know, situation that's full of chaos in Washington trying to pick a new Speaker of the House. So the funeral did not get a lot of media coverage, which is interesting. Can you paint the picture? Because these are always, you know, huge events at the Vatican. Yeah, no, th- th- that's right. I was uh, I was checking myself. Uh, here it has it has had a fair coverage, I have to say. Uh, probably Queen Elizabeth's funeral was way more covered than this one, I would have to say, especially the days preceding the funeral. But this morning, as usual, um, being every every TV channel was uh, uh, was set to to be broadcasting the funeral, and there was quite a, a good amount of attendance of people going uh, to actually uh, visit him in St. Peter's Basilica. I was there yesterday myself uh, because I was working there, and it was really really crowded. So there has been a lot of. Uh, unexpected arrivals from all over Italy and all over Europe. Well, and so you, that that's part of your, your responsibilities touring the Vatican, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it has been interesting in the last few days. Well, that, yeah, you get, if you have tourists the time to trip to Italy right now, getting into the Vatican, especially today, would have been impossible, I'm guessing. Well, today they decided yesterday, last minute, uh, yesterday morning, they decided that today, 
the whole museum was going to be closed to give the possibility to the staff to attend the funeral if they wanted to. And, and that was announced only around noon yesterday. Uh, so we had to cancel all the tours that we had scheduled for today. But yesterday, tours went as, uh, as planned. So we finished around 7 p.m. as normal. Linda, if I had to guess, it was uh, it was March of 2020, but it's almost been three years since you and I have had conversations yeah. for a while there. We were doing it every few months just trying to touch base with what was going on in Italy versus America yeah. when it came to, come to COVID. Can you believe three years have passed? Three years. It's, in, it's incredible. It's, uh, it's hard to believe, really. Well, how are things over there right now with with uh, COVID and otherwise with tourism and how the economy is recovered? We, you know, we've got some tough things happening here with our economy, but with COVID, you, you would almost think that it doesn't exist. We've got a few people here and there. Hospitalizations, deaths are down. Um, everyone sort of seemed to brace as we headed into the winter for perhaps another variant. But everything in this country is about as normal as you can even imagine. Well, it's the same here. Honestly, most people are in bed because of the flu. The flu is being <laughs> yeah. a little uh, worse than than COVID right now. But I have to say that we have some cases. I mean, um, in the last couple of weeks, uh, we have heard uh, more positive cases than we heard over the last weeks. Um, there is a lot of concern about the opening of the borders in China. There is major concern here in Europe. There is a lot of talking going on, um, considering that uh, tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, on the 8th, on the 8th of January, uh, they will officially open the borders so the Chinese will be uh, free to travel abroad. And uh, uh, they're discussing what kind of uh, precautions they should take right now. Uh, maybe um, maybe swabs uh, upon arrival or before departure. Um, lots of different things is being implemented. Uh, the Italian government has uh, already implemented a lot of tests being done upon arrival to Chinese passengers. Uh, they started in Milan and in Rome, and I said they want to expand to every single airport. But there is no clear guidelines from the European Union yet. Yeah, that's interesting. And and has so because has Italy been criticized? I mean, obviously Beijing has criticized Italy. They think it's unnecessary. But uh, of yeah, right. But the, has have other countries in in the European Union done the same thing with the testing? Yeah, uh, lots of countries here and there. It, as I said, it's not it's not something that is like well coordinated, right, right. Uh, Because it doesn't come from yeah. So it's it's impossible to follow up. Like you hear. Uh, news here and there, but I know that Austria had something had some done something similar. If I'm not wrong, uh, so there is a lot of concern, and I'm sure that some kind of uh, uh, guideline will be pum- published soon. Um, I'm sure that you, the European Union is just a matter of putting everybody in agreement around the table. But you know what is uh, what is keeping them really busy is the energetic crisis, because that's what the real issue is for the post-COVID period in terms of the economy here in Europe. Meaning what? Uh, meaning that the prices of uh, gas yeah. are up to the roof. So this is, uh, this is really causing lots of troubles to businesses and families in general. And uh, I think it's, uh, it's really too soon to calculate the impact that this will have on the economy in the next, uh, in the next few months. Uh, but it is certainly uh, being seen already in the type of uh, changes in prices that we are all experiencing, you know. I mean, I can tell you that, for example, my, my electricity bill 
that is normally dairy law, um, it has gone from an average of 80 euros uh, every two months to 210 this month. So it is a considerable increase. Yeah, and that's what I thought you were indicating. I wanted to be clear because obviously we have some of that here, and I think even over the winter when we had the cold blast a couple of weeks ago, people haven't gotten their bills yet. So it's going to be interesting to see if those prices are up, and we're expecting that they that they will be. Linda Grafano is with us from Rome. She's a tour guide there. She's been great for the last few years as sort of our COVID correspondent. And otherwise, how would you rank 2022 as far as the return with tourism was it was it overwhelmingly good and people could not wait to get out and and hopefully you saw a lot of Americans was it average are you expecting better things for 2023 obviously how would you rate all that Linda it was an explosion of tourism and Americans were I would say the first to, to come back and the ones who are still in the city the city is still very very crowded. Well, that's good, right? And and hopefully that will continue. My yeah. my friend and colleague, Jane Duker, who spends every Friday with me on the show, we do something here, a little political roundtable on Friday afternoon, so we'll do it tomorrow. And Jane was just there. I can't wait to catch up with her because she was in Rome and um, a bunch of other locations as well during Christmas and the week after Christmas. So that will be exciting. Well, Linda, it's great to hook up with you. I hope things for you are, are personally going well because, again, we've, we've kind of chronicled the ups and downs, and there was a period a couple of years ago where you weren't even sure if this tour, you know, the tour guide was was going to be your destiny just because everything had come to a halt. Yeah, yeah. and right now I just needed to beg to get to take some days off. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how, you know, you this whole, this whole thing, you just cannot predict anything. You really can't, which kind of makes you a little nervous no. for the future as well. But best to you, Linda, and we will keep in touch. Thank you so much. And to you. Thank you, and Happy New Year again. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Isn't that nuts that she's basically, you know, she, I remember that one time that she told me and it was sad. I mean, I felt like she was almost going to cry where she was saying, you know, if things don't turn around, this would have been early in 2021, mm-hmm. you know, not 2022, where she's like, look, if, if we don't get back on track here, I'm going to have to think about another line of work. Yeah. And now she's overbooked. And did you hear that? Thanks to Americans. Yay, Americans, Americans have done their part. Thank you, Americans. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, granted, it's not quite as historic as 10 votes for Speaker of the House, which now um, does a tie or break the record from 1923. Congratulations to the United States Congress on this. But we do have the first Reardon Roundtable of 2023 tomorrow, which also is pretty historically significant. We took a couple of weeks off during the holidays. Jane went to Italy on the topic of Italy. We just spoke with Linda. She is back. Did you see any of her pictures, Sue? Yeah, they were gorgeous. Yeah, it was great. So, you know, both of us have not been, I'm so glad I'm going back to Spain, but I have not been back to Europe in you know, 12 years now, which is sad. But Jane went a perfect time of year. She looks like she had a lot of fun. So she'll be here. Steve Butts, state senator. First time, really, I'm calling her that on the round table. Mary Elizabeth Coleman tomorrow. Tim Summer, our friend, music journalist. Did you hear, there are a couple of things that I, I, I tried to not pay attention to the hard news over the break, but there were stories that were coming in. And if I'd see something on Twitter, I'd sort of put it in my reading list on my MacBook. And one of the stories that came out last week was about Steven Tyler in this case from like 45 years ago. Oh, I don't know. This teenage girl. Did you hear about this? No. Well, maybe it's better that you didn't just because the whole thing is ludicrous. And I'm, I'm curious to see what Tim feels about this because this girl goes out on the road with him. And he even wrote, I think, in a book that he almost married a teenage bride. Well, now she's suing him. Wait, of how course. many years ago? This was mid 1970s, 76. So, well, you, you know what, though, Sue? That reminded me. Let me see if I save this because there were well, there was a story today about a, a lawsuit that goes back to like, yeah, look at this. Okay, this will be a nice little well, tie. Well, hold in on, here. though. If she was underage, if she was under 18, you can't be doing that. 
well, you can't be doing it, but it was 45. And I don't care if she said yes. She's 15. Okay. Her parents also knew about it. Ooh. Yeah. The parents were involved. Right? Involved? Well, they were, they, they greenlit it. So I'm not arguing what he did was right. Okay. Oh. Let's be clear. What I'm saying is a lawsuit 50 years later is, is the question. Same, yes. Right. So, mm-hmm. but listen to this. Okay. Um, love your opinion on this. This is from the Wall Street Journal today. Um, the two stars of 1968's Romeo and Juliet, Juliet, the version from 1968, directed by um, Franco Zifarelli. You ever seen that version? I don't I think so. Not, no. Have sued Paramount Pictures for more than $500 million, alleging they were sexually exploited during a nude scene in the film when they were teenagers. Olivia Hussey, who played Juliet, was 15 when the movie was filmed. Leonard Whiting, who plays Romeo, was 16. Both are in their 70s right now. They allege that Paramount engaged in fraud, sexual abuse, and sexual harassment, according to the complaint that was filed in State Superior Court in L.A., um, Ziffer really died a few years ago, and what they say is that the actors were told to appear in flesh-colored clothing in a bedroom scene, uh, but on the day of the shoot, Zeffirelli told the actors they wouldn't wear body makeup with the camera positioned in a way that wouldn't show their nude bodies. The underage actors were misled, however, and were filmed in the nude without their knowledge in Ooh. violation of state and federal laws. Defendants were dishonest and secretly filmed the nude or partially nude minor children without their knowledge. The knowing and repeated use of sexual images of minor children is the worst behaviors in our society and must be eradicated. I mean, basically, the complaint says that Paramount was repackaging what is essentially pornography. So this is where you need Brad Young or someone else because that's 1968 mm. uh, that they're going back to. So what do you feel? Look, it sounds like they were dishonest with the actors. The question is, and I guess the lawyers would know this, can you still sue for this? Is there a statute of limitations? I would guess that they wouldn't file a suit if there was. I, I would assume the same. And it's obviously uh, not good behavior. I mean, that's horrible. But why, why not file that suit in, I don't know, 1978? Because the lawsuit said the actors well, have suffered mental anguish and emotional stress mm-hmm. since the film was released mm-hmm. uh, more than 50 years ago. It was nominated for four Academy Awards. I'm sure it was. It was very realistic, apparently. <laughs> well, maybe that's the, why. Uh, the, I don't love, uh, to me, it doesn't matter how much time has gone by, although I do understand the, the purpose. But I think sometimes when people have been through traumatic things, now, had they been abused in some way, uh, physically abused, I think I would be more inclined to say I don't care how much time has passed because sometimes it takes you a while to process that. Well, and then you can go after it. But this, um, yeah, and I think that that's that's what's different about this is you're right, and you could see why someone wouldn't want to come forward with that. Now, with this, I guess things linger, and then all of a sudden the lawyer says, "Hey, maybe we can sue for that 50 years later." Well, yeah, but I don't know that it always goes that way. I mean, a 70 some odd year old per- person, obviously, I I should think can think for themselves. And maybe, you know, for all we know, she sat down and it showed up on TV and she was thinking, I can't believe it. And maybe that really is an issue. I don't know. I have a hard time with that. Here's what's confusing, though. Okay, so the director told... Ms. Hussey and Mr. Whiting, the film would fail without the scene and would damage their careers, the lawsuit said. Ms. Hussey and Mr. Whiting said they thought they had no choice but to shoot the scene nude with body makeup. The scene shows Ms. Hussey's bare breasts with Mr. Whiting's bare buttocks. Ms. Hussey, though, said in an article published in 2018, this is where I would go back on my suspicion here, um, Variety did with her, that the scene had been 
shot tastefully. Nobody my age had done that before. It was needed oh. for the film. So how do you say that oh, okay, in an now. interview? And now you're saying mental anguish for 50 years. That doesn't work for me. Okay? Yeah, I understand that. And where yeah. were the parents? Who's letting that their 15-year-old well, go on same, film? Same thing with the Steven Tyler situation. I don't like the Steven Tyler situation. I know you're saying it's been a long time. Yeah, but time. you got you to gotta hear the details of this. This was, uh, I just think when you hear all the details of it, there, there's that that's something that should not be mm. resulting in a lawsuit and i think that whoever the judges should just go like that and and tear it up I because like messing with kids when they're you know if you're a teenager you soup you got to hear the details all right i, I think when you hear the detail you may have the same opinion okay i'm not going to say it's right. your opinion but if you hear all of the details of this and i read this in rolling stone last week and i'm very curious i don't know how tim feels about this because he may be on your side of this i just thought it's a bunch of Come on, really? And I'm not trying to say that somebody, well, maybe I am, because this is another case where wouldn't you have to, Brad would be the person to ask, don't you have to prove that you were a victim? Well, you are inherently if you are 15 and he is over 18. According to the law, when it deals with because he had sex with her? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we're not talking about that, though. We're talking about, I don't think the lawsuit is about statutory rape. The lawsuit... That that's a criminal. Yeah, that's a that's criminal what statute. I thought this this was. Is, no, 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 oh. no. This is a civil suit where you have the girl. No, she was too young to say yes. The parents were involved. Again, he he went on the they, road with this girl, and he, I think he almost married her by the time she was. This was a long. This was a two year relationship. It wasn't something that just happened. He wasn't sleeping with her though, and she was. Of course 15. he was. But I'm just saying. But that's, that's not illegal. what this case is all about. That's not what he's being, he's not being charged with a crime, huh. okay? Because you can't be. I don't think you can be 50 years later. There is a statute of limitations. So oh, I don't, I'm just not a fan. I'm not a fan of any of this. No. Going back into high school with Brett Kavanaugh, you know, the situation with, I haven't even touched this yet, and it is fascinating. But are you up to speed on the U.S. men's soccer situation? No. Oh, my God. So you basically had, now I'm going to try to call this down as much as I can. You had a guy for the U.S. men's team, one of the stars, that wasn't going to play. Gio Reyna is his name. And his mom or his dad got so mad at the coach, Greg Berhalter, who didn't have his contract renewed, that he blackmailed him and said, look, I'm going to reveal this information that I have from 20 years ago where apparently he kicked his wife and it was somehow documented. Now, this is Unless you you play my kid, I will reveal this? Yes. And this... Uh, I'm telling you, there are so many stories out there right now that haven't gotten attention because of what's happening in Washington Mm. and because of Idaho. This is a fascinating case. So basically, um, this is another one of those things where you hear, oh, he kicked his spouse. That's terrible. No, listen, he's been married to this woman for 20 years now. They have four children. He wrote a big string on his Twitter account. They, you know, it wasn't anything that he's proud of or that she's proud of, but it happened. And there are circumstances in the background to what happened. But this guy tries to blackmail this coach. That is stunning. The details of this, I might get into that a little bit more tomorrow because it is a crazy, crazy story. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.